here today and and uh, certainly um, was visiting with Don a little bit earlier and and um, Kathy had surgery this week and uh, said she is recuperating and uh, she's doing uh, well improving in in a right direction and so we're very thankful for that and and praise the Lord for the success of her surgery and certainly thankful for her uh, recovery. Um, I was visiting earlier and and um, there is a father and a daughter here today. And the father says his daughter is not a teenager. But the daughter says, I'm a teenager. And so I think she's celebrating the first anniversary of her 12th birthday. Right, right. So, anyway, happy birthday, and we hope you have a wonderful day and many, many more to come. You know, it's um, it's always interesting uh, when we uh, when we interact with people and and we see the journey that they're going through in life, and and uh, certainly um, young. And uh, she's also might mention. I think we mentioned that last week, but might mention. She's going to be having surgery this week on her knee. So keep her in your prayer in regards to that on the 17th upcoming this week. And and hopeful that that goes very well for her as well. This morning I want to share with you a little bit uh, from God's Word uh, about forgiveness. You know, we live in a world today where there seems to be a lot of anger, uh, a a lot of uh, even hatred Resentment, um, hostility uh, that, uh, that seems to be around us. And um, God's Word has a great deal to say about forgiveness. The power of forgiveness and the importance of forgiveness in our lives. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, and I hope that you do, turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6. Gospel of Matthew chapter 6. And there in the 14th verse, Jesus is speaking and we are familiar with the fact that beginning in chapter 5, we have what is referred to often as the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus has gone up to the mountainside to a a higher place and He has sat down and began to teach, to instruct. And He's instructing about a lot of things in life. He's instructing in regards to how we live as believers in the family of God. And Jesus says this, For if you forgive men for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men, your Father, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. That's a pretty powerful statement. If you really stop and and think about it for just a moment, in the words of Jesus, if you forgive your fellow man, then you have opened the avenue, the opportunity for your heavenly Father to forgive you. But if you do not forgive, He says, He won't forgive you. And and so it's, it's one of those... In order to accomplish something, you have to do something else. And the reasoning for that is because if we can't forgive, then, then we've allowed our hearts to be hardened. We, we've allowed for, for there to be bitterness, uh, anger, 
resentment that is built up, vengeance that we have to repay someone uh, for whatever it is they've done to hurt us or offend us in our life. And so because those things are harbored in our heart, they're kept inside of us, it blocks the avenue or the opportunity. Not that God doesn't want to forgive us. He does. He desires to do that. But when we allow those things to, to stay inside of us and build up inside of us, we block the avenue of forgiveness for Him to be able to forgive us. In fact, He, he speaks to that a little bit further later in the Gospel of Matthew. If you want to turn over to chapter 18 and uh, see there what He has to say uh, again in regards to forgiveness in relationship to us as believers Chapter 18, beginning in verse 21. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Now, Peter here, I think, is, is feeling like that's, that's a pretty good number. That's, that's a pretty good heart that I would forgive someone seven times for offending me. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but... Up to seventy times seven. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven uh, is uh, may be compared to a certain king. Now, I'm not going to go through that whole story and read it, but here is the story that he gives us in Matthew chapter 18. He says that there is a king, and he has decided to settle his accounts. And so, there's one servant that comes in that owes him a large sum of money. And he can't repay it. And so the king says, here's what I want you to do. Take him, his wife, his family, everything he has. Sell it. Bring me the money to settle the debt. The, the servant falls down on his face, begins to beg the king, please do not do this. If you will be patient with me, I will repay you. I'll give you back everything that I... Just give me a little more time. The king, the scripture says, feeling compassion, said, okay, tell you what, you do that. So he leaves. He goes and finds someone who owes him a little bit of money. And he grabs a hold of him and he says, pay me back what you owe me. I can't do it. Please be patient with me. Give me a little bit more time and I'll pay you back. He takes him throws him in prison and says, keep him here until he can repay me. You see the difference, the forgiveness that took place from the king to the servant. But the unwillingness of the servant to forgive a fellow servant. And as they struggle with that, other servants see what's going on. And they go and they report to the king what's happened. And so I want to pick up at the end of this because I think there's something that's real significant here about forgiveness as we pick up at the end of this. As we move down and then let's pick up in verse 32. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, You wicked slave. I forgave you all that debt because you entreated me. You asked. You, you begged. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave, even as I have had mercy on you? And his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. 
Now listen to verse 35. This is what's key and critical, I think, to our discussion today. So shall my heavenly Father also do to you, if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. There's what I think is key. You see, it's one thing for us to be hurt or offended by someone and to say to them, oh, I forgive you. But then we walk around with resentment. We walk around with anger and hurt feelings and self-pity about what they've done to us. We walk around thinking to ourselves, man, I hope something happens to them that they realize what they've done to me. That's not forgiveness from the heart. And that's what he says. He says, my Father in heaven cannot forgive you your debts, cannot forgive you your sins and what you owe until you can forgive others from your heart. It has to come from within. It has to be genuine and real. And and as he shares that with us, I begin to think about God's Word. I begin to think about in Luke 23, 34. In Luke 23 and verse 34, if you want to write that down, Jesus is on the cross. And He has been beaten and He's been spat upon and He's been hit and He's been nailed to a cross. And He looks down at the very people who have done this to Him and He says what? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's forgiveness from the heart. Jesus was genuinely, sincerely asking for forgiveness for the people who had beat Him, who had mocked Him, who had drugged Him before everyone in the city and nailed Him to a cross and left Him there to die. And He says, I want forgiveness for them. That comes from the heart. That comes from within. And and you think about the the mistreatment and the abuse that he had had. And yet he he begged the Father to forgive those who had mistreated and abused him. And and so then we go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. 1 Peter 2.21, I think, is pivotal for all of the Christian life. Because we're not measured by law... We're not measured by rule. We're not measured by, by some other thing that is there. We're measured by the Lord. Listen to what he says. For you have been called for this purpose. Since Christ also suffered for you, talking about his death on the cross, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. He has given us the greatest example that we could ever imagine and what it means to forgive from the heart. To really genuinely forgive someone for, for what they've done to us, for how they've hurt us, for the things that they've done for us. And so the character of Christ is that in the midst of His pain and suffering, that He desired forgiveness and He's willing to give that forgiveness from His heart. The Scripture says that He died leaving us an example that we should follow after Him. That we should do the same thing that He's done. And so, if He has given us an example of forgiving those who have hurt, abused, offended, in in all that they did to Him surrounding the cross and put Him to death, He says, then you also ought to forgive from your heart. You also ought to forgive in the same way. 
And so I want to ask you this morning that if, if we could agree together, all of us that are here agree together, that whatever crisis, whatever challenge, whatever hurt, pain, or difficulty we might face in life, that we will face them in the same pattern as our Lord following His example. Let's agree together to do that. Let's, let's agree together and say, listen, from this moment forward, whatever hurt, whatever offense, whatever difficulty someone deals for me in my life, I'm going to choose to deal with it in the way that my Lord dealt with it. I'm going to choose to follow His example and His pattern and, and do the things that He did in dealing with hurt, disappointment, when, when, when I'm mistreated, when, when someone uh, treats me in an unfair and unpleasant way, I'm going to respond in the way that Christ set an example for me to respond. I'm going to follow the example that He gave me in His Word. We see that happen in life from time to time. Not very often, but from time to time. On October the 2nd, 2006, quite a few years ago, 32-year-old husband and father of three, Charles Roberts, walked into a one-room Amish school in West Nickel Mines, Pennsylvania, and he opened fire. He killed five. He injured five others. And then he turned the gun on himself and took his own life. Now, the tragedy that that is, the tragedy that day for the families, the children, the people who encountered that, it was also difficult for Charles's family because Charles had never in any way shown any aggression he had never had any other run in with the law any anything else that indicated to them that there was something wrong in his life he was a son to a mother who loved and cared for him he was a husband to a wife who loved and cared for him he was a father to children and he loved and cared for them and they loved him in return and you would look at that and think, that's, that's a normal life. His family, his neighbors, everyone said that he had never shown any hint of aggression or violence. And so while the families who lost their children and those who were injured and those that experienced that tragedy of that day, while it's devastating for them, think about the mother and the wife and the children that are left behind with all kinds of questions. What in the world happened? My son, my husband, my father never had shown any hint of violence. Never, never had any, any run-in with the law or, or anything of that nature. What, what happened? What would bring him to the point to do such a thing in his life? We were unaware. We had no idea. The family left behind, struggling with the things that happened. But the story, behind the story, is what followed these events. And the Amish community befriended Charles's mother, his wife, his children. And they began to bring them in and understanding that they were hurting, that they were confused, that they had questions, that there was difficult challenges for them in their life as well, forgave, supported, encouraged, reached out to them. And the years following that, they lived in harmony and supported one another. And that is a great demonstration of forgiveness. 
the way that God intends us to, to forgive from our heart. To forgive genuinely, not just words, not just lip service. Oh, I forgive you. We're good. Everything's okay. Those kind of things. But, but really genuinely within. Forgiving someone for a hurt or a pain or a devastation. So, three things quickly this morning. First was this. Jesus taught that it was essential to practice forgiveness. Folks, it's not an option. It's not something that he says, if you can find it in yourself to forgive, that would be a good thing to do. And say that. He said, if you can't forgive, the Father in Heaven can't forgive you. That makes it a pretty essential thing that you and I be actively involved in forgiveness. That we understand that if we do not forgive others, our Heavenly Father cannot forgive us. It blocks the avenue of forgiveness that He has prepared for us. He says in Mark chapter 11 and verse 25, Whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that, hear this, hear this transition here, so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions. He says, if you're praying and you realize that you have something against someone or they have something against you, he says, you better forgive. And you better get it straightened out because if you don't, the Father in heaven will not be able to forgive you. Notice what he says there. So that. Do this. It's essential that you do this so that your Father who is in heaven will be able to forgive you. It is essential that we practice forgiveness in our lives. From our heart, not just lip service. Genuine, real, spiritual Biblical forgiveness. Luke 17, verses 3 and 4. Listen to what it says. Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times a day and returns to you seven times saying, I repent, forgive him. Over and over and over. He says seven times a day. He comes back and says, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. He says, forgive him. Go ahead and offer that forgiveness because if you don't, the Father in Heaven can't forgive you. Even if they're asking forgiveness, you go, well they're, well, they're not sincere. They don't really want forgiveness. If they've done something to me seven times in a single day, they really aren't asking for forgiveness. That's not where the heart is. He, he didn't say that mattered. He didn't say that was important or, or, or significant. He said, if they offend and they come and ask forgiveness, He said, you forgive. You let that be their problem, not your problem. You get it off of your plate. You give the forgiveness that they ask for. If they're not genuine, sincere, and asking for that forgiveness, that's not your problem. But if you say they're not serious or they're not sincere and I'm not going to forgive them, now it becomes your problem. See the difference here? He says, listen, it is essential as believers that we practice forgiveness. It's, it's Peter was teaching and, and, and things were being shared. He says, listen... Seventy times, not seven times a day, seventy times seven. In other words, it, it just it keeps going. And every time they ask forgiveness, he says, you need to give forgiveness because it's essential to your health, your spiritual well-being, and your relationship with the Father. Second thing he says is this. We see the importance of the spirit of forgiveness. The practice of granting forgiveness is essential in every area of of our life. Not just in some things or not just in a few things, but but it's essential to our emotional life. 
If we do not forgive, we allow bitterness, anger, revenge, despair. It results in continued non-forgiveness. And these things are very unhealthy for us. They eat away at us internally, emotionally, and, and it affects us in a significant way in our relationship to the Lord and our relationship with others. Because that bitterness and anger does not just affect the relationship of the person that we're dealing with or the people that we're dealing with. It affects our relationship with everyone around us. That bitterness and anger, that, that something that we hold within us, that despair that we have and that non-forgiveness that we continue to live in, it affects everyone that we come in contact with because it affects us emotionally. It, it affects our home and our family life. There's, there's a story. I, I can't validate whether it's true. It's written as true. But, but there's a Spanish story of a father and a son who had become estranged. They, they had been angry with one another. The son runs away. And the father set off to find him. And his search for him for months and months, no avail. He couldn't find him, couldn't locate him, could not bring him up. Finally, in a last desperate effort, this is what the father does. He put an ad in the Madrid newspaper. And the ad said simply this, Dear Paco, meet me in front of this newspaper office at noon on Saturday. All is forgiven. I love you. Father was, was making a last-ditch effort to try to find his son, to reach out, to offer forgiveness, to express his love, and, and to try to, to rekindle their father and son relationship. Saturday came, and there were 800 Pacos who showed up looking forgiveness and love from their father. There's a lot of people in our world that are hurting. A lot of people who who are struggling, a lot of people who are, are looking for love and forgiveness. And God's Word says if, if you want to live the Christian life the way God intended to live, then we must be about the act of forgiveness from our heart. Not just lip service, not just saying, oh, oh you're forgiven, but really genuinely from the heart, forgiving others. How can we develop the spirit of forgiveness? It's not natural. By the way, the natural thing, the human side of us when we are hurt is to react or respond and hurt back. If someone attacks us, what's our natural response? To attack back. If someone offends us, our natural response is to offend back. It's a natural response for us to, to push away and to try to, to get even for what has happened in life. So how do we develop a spirit of Forgiveness, so that we don't allow that non-forgiveness to continue to affect us and those around us in a negative way. First thing is this, recognize and acknowledge that an unforgiving spirit is contrary to the will of God. That's the first thing. Recognize and understand that if I am not willing to forgive, it is contrary to the will of God and His design for my life as a Christian. I should not live in unforgiveness. I need to recognize that in God's Word and understand that it is God's will for me to have a forgiving spirit. So, so let me seek Him in helping me to have a spirit of forgiveness. Recognize and acknowledge that forgiveness is the only healthy way to deal with painful experiences. There are all kinds of things we do to respond, but the only healthy way for us to respond to, to painful experiences is through the act of forgiveness. 
Recognize that forgiveness is God's design to purge hate from our hearts. If we keep those things in and we bottle them up, it eventually will boil into anger and hate and resentment and and a desire to pay them back. And it's God's design through forgiveness to purge our hearts from hate and anger and bitterness from within so it doesn't destroy and devastate our life. Recognize that forgiveness is a force for good in our lives and the world around us. Let me just ask you to pause for this moment this morning and ask yourself the question, what if, what if everyone in the world who's been offended, who's been hurt, who's been devastated in some way by someone else was willing to genuinely forgive them? What would our world look like? What would your world look like? What would the places where we live and our families look like if suddenly everyone said, I want to genuinely forgive from my heart? Colossians 3 begins with this, but now you also put them all aside. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices, and have put on a new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian or Scythian, slave or free man, but Christ is all and in all. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing one another and forgiving each other. He says, if you really want to live the way that God designed for us to live and allow the Spirit to control your life, then he mentions all of these things, gentleness, kindness, compassion. And then he says, forgive one. My encouragement to you today is that we be a people of forgiveness. That we practice forgiveness in our hearts and in our lives. Genuine, real forgiveness that comes from the heart. So that people will know they've been forgiven. And then they see that example of our forgiveness and they wonder, what's happened in their life that they can forgive like that? And we have an opportunity to be a witness and say, I can forgive because I've been forgiven. And share with others the power of forgiveness. This morning we're going to sing an invitation hymn, and it's a time for us to make decisions in our life. Maybe you've been harboring some anger. Maybe you've got some bitterness, some malice towards someone that's hurt or offended you in some way, and you desire to pay them back. And today's the day that you say, you know what, according to God's example, I'm going to let that go. And I'm going to forgive them so that He can forgive me. Whatever decision on your heart this morning, won't you come as we stand and we sing?